In the 20 plus years of helping people plan for the cost of retirement and long-term health care, we've identified one consistent theme among families and caregivers. People don't like to talk about money. Life care affordability planning helps families who are facing long-term health issues and increasing health-related expenditures to make better informed financial decisions during a time when there are so many unanswered questions. It's time to face this topic head-on, address the emotional charge of discussing money, and discover practical ways to bridge the gap between a long-term health care plan and your ability to pay for it. Hello and welcome to Life Care Affordability Planning with Tom West and Arvet Reed from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. Today is an exciting podcast. They have a special guest in, in studio today, and that's Marilee Anderson. Marilee Anderson is the Executive Director of Senior Services of Alexandria and is responsible for the overall health and well-being of this 50-year-old nonprofit with an annual budget exceeding $900,000. She is also responsible for all staff supervision, budgeting, contract management, and compliance issues of the organization. Ms. Anderson has been executive director since June of 2013. She began with SSA in 2010 as the director of SSA's Senior Resource Center. She has served on the Alexandria Commission on Aging since September of 2013 and currently chairs the Economic Development Committee. That is a ton of stuff. This is one busy lady. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Very well. Thank How you. are you, Eric? Hi. <laughs> Doing fantastic. You guys are full of energy. Mary Lee, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Tom and, and our vet, thank you for bringing her in. What are we talking about today? Sure. Well, I'll take the, the lead in the setup. I'd like to reintroduce my colleague, Arvet Reed, native Alexandria, Virginian, yes. and a current board member of Senior Services of Alexandria. Whoop, whoop. So Good stuff. Giving uh, our vet an opportunity to talk a little bit about introducing Mary Lee and the great work that SSA is doing. Arvet. Yeah, I've, said, I've had the pleasure. It's been four years now, I think. Jeez. How long you've been on the yeah. board? It seems like you've always been a uh, part of SSA, Arvet. She means that in a good way. In nothing but a good way. <laughs> um, and I mentioned on a previous podcast how proud I am to be on the board of Senior Services Alexandria. It's such a strong organization and does so much in the community. And one of the reasons why we invited Mary Lee to come talk to the audience today is not just because of all the things that SSA does and Mary Lee does, but to talk about the importance of the audience reaching out to the community resources. Um, and so that's why we wanted to invite Mary Lee here today. So Mary Lee, tell us a little bit about SSA and yourself. Let's start there. Sure. Well, um, Senior Services of Alexandria has been around since 1968. Eight, so we are a well-established local nonprofit. Um, we concentrate now on four different areas and work very closely with the city's Office on Aging. Uh, the city and every municipality in the United States has a local area office on aging, and they're responsible for providing social work support and basic services for all adults in the city of Alexandria. So we have a great partnership with them. We have a couple of contracts with the city, and they support the, our focus areas, which are nutrition, uh, transportation, communications, and um, education and outreach to the community. And all of our programs fall within those four areas areas. 
Um, most people know us primarily because we are responsible for delivering Meals on Wheels in the city of Alexandria. Um, and I should say the city of Alexandria, it's 15 and a half square miles. It's a separate municipality. If you live in Alexandria, Fairfax County, you, we can't help you. Uh, but they're, they're, they have wonderful services as well. Anyway, we do Meals on Wheels in the city 365 days a year with the support of over 500 volunteers who help deliver those meals. Uh, this week we had some terrible weather here in, in Northern Virginia and our volunteers and our staff were out there making sure that the most vulnerable adults in the city get the meals that they need so they can stay safe and secure in their homes. Um, meals on Wheels has led to a lot of other volunteer programs that we provide, particularly in the area of nutrition. Uh, one is our Groceries to Go program. We deliver groceries to individuals who are not quite ready for Meals on Wheels, but they shouldn't be doing their own grocery shopping. We've all had the experience of being in a, a giant or Safeway right. and seeing somebody with a cane or a walker in, the, in their grocery cart and thinking, wow, that's an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. And before you continue, and I yeah. want listeners to realize that I know we're talking about Alexandria right now, but this mm -hmm. podcast really doesn't isn't just about Alexandria. We're just mm -hmm. starting there. But everything we talk about today is really for listeners all over the country. And hopefully it will give some other areas of the country ideas about programs that they might want to try right. and introduce. Right. Uh, because uh, Alexandria is, as I always say, a great place to be an older adult because we have organizations, not to toot my own horn, but like senior services that right. can supplement and, and work in partnership with what the local municipality can have. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've grown these programs over a number of years, uh, building out of Meals on Wheels, which is something that's available in most places, uh, not usually 365 days a year, but uh, it's something that you know is an easy model to build on if people are aware of the opportunity. So right. the, the home grocery delivery program is a perfect example. You know, everybody knows about Peapod and, and uh, home programs that run through the grocery stores, but they're all based online. You've got to be able to know how to use a computer. They have a delivery fee. They have um, minimum orders. Right. We have volunteers that actually phone the, the clients, take their orders over the phone, and then deliver the groceries, unpack them, put them away. So it really fills a, an unmet need, um, and the program's grown substantially. The other areas that we cover in addition to nutrition are transportation. We handle uh, reservations for the paratransit program in the city. Mm -hmm. um, that is one that we wish more people would take advantage of. And we have over 1,500 clients, but anyone who has a physical disability uh, can qualify for using this program. It's a, a low-cost taxi-based service. Mm -hmm. So particularly for people, older adults who may be suffering from um, diabetes or, or some type of a condition that requires regular medical appointments, they can call and make a reservation through us, and they only pay $3 for a one-way taxi trip anywhere five miles of the city limits and $5 to go to Fairfax County or Arlington County. So it's a great way to keep your mobility and to get to the appointments that you need. Um, and you can really use it for anywhere. So, you know, food, transportation, and then a big part of what we do is provide opportunities for information and education. Mm -hmm. And that's how I really came to know Tom uh, a number of years ago. Uh, we put on a monthly speaker series um, that kicks off usually with Senior Law Day 
Tom was one of our keynote speakers a couple of years ago. Uh, we've worked closely with the Alexandria Bar Association for that one and provide information that everybody needs to know so that they can plan ahead mm-hmm. and make good decisions now that can make their lives much better when they do become older and less able to uh, to look out for themselves. And, and I know you're connected with the Senior Housing and Healthcare Network pretty tightly to do some of those speaking engagements as well. Exactly. Every month we pick out a different topic that we think it's important for older adults and their caregivers to know about. And we invite local experts to come in and share unbiased information. It's not in a salesy environment. We make sure that all of our speakers know that they're there to provide basic information, not to sell their own particular services. And over the past eight years that we've been doing this, we've really built a nice audience. We get anywhere generally between 75 and 100 adults. At our regular speaker series, Senior Law Day tends to be 150, 200 people. And they come in because they know they're going to get good information that they can use to make a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we want on this podcast on our program today is to cover some of the ground that, that you've learned, things that you've come to believe with what you've witnessed with the seniors you serve. But before we go there, how is it that people in the audience that want to get information about um, SSA, Senior Services of Alexandria, where, where can they go to make sure that they find you? Well, they can go online. Obviously, our website is www.seniorservicesalex.org. Uh, we have a very robust website. Um, new information's on there you know, every couple of days about the programs that we're offering, as well as what's available to the community. And then we have a great list of community-based resources on the website as well. Um, they can always call our office in Alexandria, 703-836-4414. We get calls every day from people asking all kinds of questions about what's available. And that, that really is a huge part of our mission is to share information with people and let them know where to go to right. get what they need. Right. So the f- question that I've got for you, Mary Lee, is, you know, framing it first, when our vet and I had, had decided that you and Senior Services of Alexandria would be a great guest, Part of the perspective that I think that we wanted to explore is lessons you've learned or things that you've come to believe about the seniors that you serve. And, and I was wondering if you had some anecdotes about, you know, where you think that the biggest impact that SSA is making and what you're seeing about this senior population that is moving through many transitions at the tail end of retirement. Part of what makes my job so rewarding is that every single day I feel as if I've made a difference in somebody's life. Uh, And that's because, you know, if someone calls our office, no matter what the topic, we may not be able to serve them ourselves, but we can point them in a direction and let them know that there's support for them. And that's true no matter where you are in the country. Uh, people, you know, run into situations they're not expecting, they're in a crisis mode, and they don't know where to turn. And it's so gratifying to get a phone call from an older adult who says, you know, my husband has been struggling with dementia for the past few years, and I've been doing everything that I can, but now I know that I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know where to go and what options are available to me. And, you know, I just had that conversation with a, a, an older a woman just a couple of weeks ago and was able to tell her in just a couple of minutes, you know, the city has an adult day center. There's, you know, opportunities for you to get out and still live your life and do your job and know that they're in a safe and trusted environment. And, you know, as things progress, there's also assisted living and, you know, residential communities that you may want to consider and start doing that now. And you can just hear 
you know, people's literally blood pressure dropping as they have the conversation and they know that there's a place that they can call. There's somebody that will you know, sh- share their experience and, and, mm-hmm. and expertise and make their lives better so that they can move forward. Um, so it, I think that's really important. One of the things I, um, I always talk about with people is they need to realize that these, these organizations, these community organizations are out there for everyone exactly. to reach out to. And I'm always trying to explain to people, it's not just for the lower income mm-hmm. people, you know, Everybody can reach out to these community organizations for their services or to ask questions. And so talk a little bit about that and how some of your stories in the range of the clients that you serve um, so that people out there realize it really is for them. Yeah, and, th- and that, and you're absolutely right. That that is a myth. Is that you know, social services is only available for lower income, and if if you've got tons of money, you're okay because you can afford to pay for it. And if you don't have a lot of money, right, this the uh, you know the government will pick you up. Uh, and those things are true, but at the same time, uh, you know, a AAA, an area office on aging, serves every single person in the community. They're not just serving, you know, the, the lower income individuals. And that really is the best place to start, no matter where you live in, in the United States. All you need to do is Google area office on aging and the name of your city or county, and it will pop up and give you a whole list of resources that are available to you locally. So when we often do get calls from people who are trying to help older adults that may not live in Alexandria, but they do, and they, they want to know, where do I go to help my grandmother in Connecticut? And that's the first place that we always tell them to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to call your area office on aging and they will be able to tell you what's available and typically set up a meeting or a call with a social worker who can run through, here's what your circumstances are, here's what's offered to you. And if they can't get it through the government, you know, where they can go locally. So that's always the first step. Um, you know, and I think that's really important that people are aware of that. I always give the example that Meals on Wheels, you can having a knee replacement, and so cooking meals is just difficult for a short amount of time. So you can still reach out to your local agency for Meals on Wheels for a short amount of time just until you can cook yourself again. You know, it's not. I, I have a great story about that. A friend of mine from college uh, was playing with her dogs in her backyard. And uh-huh. I, I'm 65. She's 65. And one of the dogs just took off and knocked her off her feet and uh-huh. really shattered one of her legs. And she lives up in Connecticut. And she was telling me about this and her family are all elsewhere. And I said, well, you should get Meals on Wheels. And she said, oh, no, I couldn't do that. And I said, all right, I'm going to get you Meals on Wheels. <laughs> and so I Googled area off sun aging for her, her area and called them on the phone and said, okay, here's the deal. This is where she lives. When can you start? And typically they start up within 48 hours. And I said, send me the bill. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, she started getting Meals on Wheels. And, you know, it was only for a couple of weeks, but it made a huge difference in her life. She didn't have to rely on neighbors and, mm-hmm. and other people dropping off food. She had somebody that was checking in on her. So that's the kind of thing people need to know about. Well, and and let's talk about people needing to know about it just for a second. Um, You know, when I'm listening, you know, it occurs to me that area agencies on aging and local senior related services like yours, you don't have this huge budget Mm -hmm. for promotion and marketing, for lack of a better way to put it, because so much is going into programming. You know, do you have any observations on why there's such a blind spot in the senior population about available resources? Because as you as you were talking about, 
you know, your anecdote of hearing people's blood pressure drop, mm -hmm. the raising of the blood pressure that we've experienced is the anxiety that households have with like, I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that there needs to be a number of steps taken, but I don't know where to go. Any like, you know, this this shouldn't be sneaking up on Alexandria or Virginia or the rest of the country, given where demographics are. But any observations about why this blind spot is so pervasive? Well, nobody wants to think that they're going to get old and nobody wants to think they're going to have to deal with these issues. I mean, it's not fun to think that you're you're not always going to be as, as able as you are in, in a given time. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, you know, the yeah. ostr ostrich sim uh -huh. syndrome. Yeah. People yeah. just stick their hands Age in the sand. Age denying and all yeah. that. And right. so, well, yeah, uh, as a baby boomer, I'm right. well aware of that. Um, I'm not bald. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that plays a big part of it is that people hope that they're all going to, you know, fade away gradually and everything will be fine and, and I don't need to deal with it until they have to deal with it. And then it's a, you know, frantic, where do I go? One of the programs that we've developed that I think is a great model uh, for other other areas of the country is our senior ambassador program. Mm -hmm. It addresses just that issue. We've gone out and reached out to, we now have 64 senior ambassadors in Alexandria. They come from faith communities, condo associations, um, you know, realtors, you name it. We don't care. You, if you, if you want to be able to be educated about what's available in Alexandria for older adults, we do a special training session, take about two and a half hours, give you a giant book of every brochure and flyer that we think you should have. And then every week, our ambassadors get an email from the program director saying, here's what's going on this week that you might want to share with your community. So for us, it's been a way to get our information out to such a, mm -hmm. a, a large audience. Um, you know, if you hear about something from somebody sitting in the pew and, you know, at, in church with you on Sunday about, oh, did you know about the paratransit program? You know, you might want to think about that for your mother or grandmother who I notice isn't getting around so well, it you know resonates because it's somebody that you know and trust. Mm -hmm. Arvet, one of the things that we did in a previous set of podcasts was talk about the psychology of aging and right. acceptance and the things that you need to do to be sure to thrive. What I'm pulling from what Mary Lee is talking about right now is is you know, a lack of acceptance with a lot of people that they're getting, that they might be getting older mm -hmm. at some point in the future. And certainly what we've talked about is sometimes acceptance that their situation is currently changing right, right now. And it almost seems like they're two different. The, the awareness issue is probably at least exacerbated by a not wanting to think about change in the future. And then it all comes home to roost when a change actually happens and, and you just don't have the short list, the Rolodex of what to do next. Dude. Right. Yeah. And the idea of where do you, where's the help going to come from? Right. So, mm -hmm. um, I think it's the idea of people need to know that they can reach out to the community. They need to know that they can reach out to the senior housing and healthcare network. They need to know that there's things like the life care affordability plan that we, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing. There are resources out there that can help them get through these times. Um, but you have to be aware and you have to be willing to enter into that next phase and not put your head in the sand and your and your fingers in your ears. Absolutely. And I think part of the issue also is that people are very unrealistic in a lot of different ways about what they're going to need to do to to age well and to sure. have the support services that they need. And so not only do they not are not aware about what community-based services are available, but they might also 
uh, think that, oh, well, Medicare is going to take care of everything and I'll be able to go into a retirement community and all of that will be taken care of by Medicare. Well, all three of us know that that doesn't happen. And so they're not doing the proper planning. Well, and what's interesting, so you you bring up Medicare and not doing the proper planning Mm -hmm. in your world. Do you see that people don't talk about money? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they just uh, think that it's going to all magically be taken care of. And it, yeah, and that's why I think what you guys are doing is so beneficial because, you know, people do need to take a step back and say, okay, what's the reality out there? How much is the cost? I mean, when people, you know, I, when I share information about assisted living and, you know, retirement community cost with individuals who are saying, oh, I'm going to move my father down to Alexandria and what are my options? And I go, well, I'll send you the source book and give you all this great information. Uh, but take a look at the cost because it's going to range anywhere from, you know, Excellent. low range $5,500 a month to, you know, $10,000 a month. And then you, you know, it's a, it's a shock to anyone uh, that they need to, uh, you know, deal with that type of an expense. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I think that society struggles with is whose job is it to make sure that those families are appropriately literate in the costs that might be coming, in the need to make some changes with how they might be organizing everything from taxes to investments to cash flow and whatnot. <laughs> I think that we've certainly explored a lot of the reality that I don't think the financial services industry integrates healthcare planning and aging not anywhere in I, I think it's not at all. Yeah. And I think that that when we have uh, when you gave us the opportunity to speak a handful of times, you know, you you had huge crowds. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. this is this is there's there's an appetite for the information, but you know, I think that if it wasn't for organizations like yours, who are trusted community partners, to filter, you know, the way that some of this information gets to seniors, so that there's at least less of a anxiety about being taken advantage of. Yeah. But you know, that that just isn't enough. I think but for I what's going to be coming. Well, I think we also have to be realistic about the fact that people are still really hesitant to invite financial advisors in to talk to seniors. And so thankfully, Tom, you've built a reputation as a trusted advisor in this space. And and Mary Lee has felt comfortable inviting you into the space. So I encourage other communities to really get to know some of the financial advisors, but those advisors have to really put themselves forward and understand the senior housing and healthcare space. It's a special space. And the life care affordability plan is something that we put a lot of time in and understanding this when healthcare stuff happens, right? Yeah, and I think you have the the push pull between, you know, older adults are constantly been being barraged with, you know, don't be a victim to scams and right. don't be, a, vis- a, be yeah. a victim to people trying to exploit you financially. Right. And then on the other hand, you're saying, but you need to be planning financially for your future. And so uh, I think that SSA performs a really valuable role, and I appreciate your saying that, Tom, because we do filter out the sales pitches and the, you know, the people that are focusing on their business as opposed to what is the best information for a particular individual. Right. Um, and so when we find somebody like Tom who is you know, willing to come in and you know, share your expertise and really get people thinking about things in the right way, we really are very happy to be able to, to share that with our community. Yeah, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to help spread some of our messages through organizations like yours. But I think that as we're closing up on our podcast this morning, just an observation. 
it's it's a lot of times the professionals in senior housing and healthcare that are the ones sort of bearing witness to what's really happening in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there's a transition with a cognitive impairment or just aging in general, right. a lot of times those seniors' worlds get real small. Yeah. And you know, who are the new guides that are trusted and get introduced mm-hmm. to help families navigate that particular chapter? It's almost always coming from senior housing and healthcare. And I think that a little bit of this call to action for professionals there is you can't have a blind spot about the financial implications mm-hmm. of what's happening to your clients or the people that you serve. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there is a responsibility, just like Senior Services of Alexandria has taken on, to make sure that there's an appropriate emphasis on letting seniors know, listen, this stuff is going to cost some money. And you might have to think differently about how money serves you about the way that you interact with money, about the way that you might consolidate, you might simplify, you might communicate to your loved ones and your other advisors about money. And not recognizing that need for transition in your financial life to coincide with the transitions in other parts of your life. Like I think the professionals in senior housing and healthcare really need to take a little bit greater responsibility of sensitizing the people they serve with that. And I think with that point, just thank you again, Mary Lee, for coming out to our podcast. I think it's another chapter of a great novel of how our organizations are able to serve each other. But uh, I I really appreciate our time today. Arvent, any closing thoughts? No, thank you, Mary Lee. Thank you both for having me. It's great to see you. This was fantastic, you guys. I I loved this podcast. It was so riveting. All the work you guys are doing, uh, I can't thank you enough. That, That is awesome. Uh, thank you. You bet. And thank you all for joining us on the Life Care Affordability Planning Podcast with Tom and Arvette. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tom and Arvette come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And think about it. This is a great one to share. You know somebody who needs a service or maybe their parents do. And so they got to get on it before it's too late, before their options are, are running out. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Life Care Affordability Planning, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Views and opinions provided herein are those of the individual speakers. All content is informational only and is not intended to be an endorsement or recommendation of any particular investment strategy or other course of action. Consult your tax, legal, and financial professions concerning your specific situation. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through SEIA LLC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Life Care Affordability Plan is a marketing name for SEIA. Services related to evaluating the client's health care treatment plan are independent of and not endorsed by Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.